Good evening. I really do cherish the opportunity to speak to everyone here for a few minutes and to tell you about some of the things that I experienced in Brazil and to provide for you some nutrition from God's Word. Um, and I want to thank the congregation for being so supportive of me every step of the way and all of you who contributed financially to make it possible and for all of you who prayed for me also. I have no doubt that I would not have had the same experience if you had not been praying for me so much and supporting me so much the way you have. So I appreciate that and I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you tonight and hopefully to pass on a little bit of the excitement that I got uh, during the six weeks um, that changed my life. So I'd like to share a little bit of that with you. So I'd like to go ahead and give a disclaimer that normally when I speak I try to have just one central point and build everything on that. But there were so many different ideas that God was cultivating inside my heart during my time in Brazil that I couldn't narrow it down to one and I didn't want to so I decided to talk to you about five things that I learned in Brazil uh, and in the process hopefully I'll be able to share with you the story of three different people that I met in Brazil also and the way that they responded to God's Word uh, and, and I'll give you some scripture to to touch your heart for you to hold on to for you to think about after I'm done speaking think about what God says about these things. The first thing I learned is that not everyone who wants Jesus already has him. I think so many times, I, in my mind, I think everyone fits into these certain categories. I think there are adamant atheists who don't care at all to hear about God. I think there are highly religious people with different faiths than me that think they have nothing to learn. I think there are people that don't care, that are living for themselves, and then I think there are people like me uh, who are saved. But I don't think it's that simple, and it, it reminded me in Brazil, people don't fit into these neat little categories. There are so many people who want Jesus who don't have him, or people that are open to learning more, that just are waiting for you to ask them. Uh, when I went to Brazil, I did what's called the Let's Start Talking program. Uh, we tell people, you can come and practice your English with a native speaker. Now when they come to the first information meeting, we let them know up front, you'll be reading the Bible with a native speaker to practice your English. And if you'd like to talk more about the Bible, you can, but if you have no interest at all in the Bible, that's fine. You can still practice your English. So it's a very low pressure uh, setting. And I had 14 students, and every one of them took some level of interest in the Bible. And it just surprised me how open some people are to talking with you about the Bible when you didn't even tell them up front that that's what you're going to be talking about. Uh, and in this picture, you see my buddy Netu. Netu was a really nice guy. He always came to his reading sessions smiling, had a great attitude. And every week, he told me, Alan, I read the reading for the next week and I studied it and I went online and I read the history behind this part of the Bible and I've been talking to my friends about this all week and he would thank me for explaining the Bible to him and for reading the Bible with him and at the end of my six weeks um, he, he talked to me and he said Alan I want to thank you for coming here and for just opening the Bible and reading it with me he said my family is Catholic 
but I have never read the Bible before and I didn't know anything about Jesus. And I just wanted someone to sit down. He said I was ashamed that I didn't know anything about Jesus. And thank you for coming and for opening the Bible and for reading it with me. All it took was someone to give him the invitation. And he's open to learning what Jesus has to teach him. And I like to think about it this way. There are about two million people in the city I was in, in Belain. If one in 1,000 of them match that description, someone who believes in Jesus, wants to learn more, but knows nothing about him and is ready to study, one in 1,000, that makes 2,000 people in that city, like Netu. 2,000 people that could be reached that way. I think that's why um, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Sometimes I wonder if we really believe this or if it really gets into our minds. The harvest truly is plentiful. There are so many people who would like to learn more. So many people who are willing to hear what we have to say and who aren't going to come up to us and ask us out of the blue, will you read the Bible with me? But if you bring it up, if you encourage them, they'll take a real interest. This guy was excited about learning. And I, I have high hopes for him in his future and for all of my students. And I'm excited to tell you about two more of them tonight. So that was the first thing I learned. Not everyone who wants Jesus already has him. Number two, Jesus has a captivating personality. He's really, really interesting. And it took reading with people who have never read the Bible before to remind me of this. Um, you'll see in this picture, this was our July 4th party. We managed to fit over 40 people in the Fowler's apartment. Um, it was packed with so many people that I consider my friends. They were wonderful people who took an interest in the Bible, who made connections with the Fowlers, and so many of them uh, came to us through the Let's Start Talking program. But everyone in Brazil was so hospitable. And you'll see on your, almost on your far right in the blue shirt next to the furthest right, that's my friend Wagner. And Wagner came to me, he was also Catholic. He had heard a few Bible lessons before, but I was amazed that someone who loves Jesus so much knows so little about him. This guy has a tattoo on his, on his arm of a cross, and he loves Jesus so much. And when we were reading these stories, it was like they were exciting to him. They were funny to him. They, opened up his eyes to who Jesus was. And I was, I was able to give him a Bible because he came to every one of the reading sessions. And we told them, if you come to the mall, we'll give you an English Bible. And he said, thanks, man. I was about to buy a Bible, and now I don't have to. And um, I told him, why don't you just start reading in John? I thought, that's a good, easy place to learn so much about Jesus. And then he posted this on my Facebook wall, and it just makes me excited that People who weren't reading the Bible will start reading it if you just introduce them to it. So uh, if we go to the next slide, I was reading through different sections of the book of Luke with my readers. 
And these are just some of the things that Wagner found interesting that I got to see through his eyes and it, and it woke me up to how cool this is. Jesus, who's the son of God, was born in a manger because there was no room for him in a hotel. How humble of a birth can you have in a, in a trough that animals eat out of? This is where he was laid. He was such a humble individual, though he was the son of God. And in Luke chapter 2, 47, he's 12 years old and we find him He's supposedly been in the temple, apparently been in the temple for three days, talking with the religious teachers, and the people are amazed at his understanding and his wise answers. At 12 years old, how cool would it have been to see a child that young who's impressing everyone with this degree of wisdom? In Luke chapter 4, he was tempted by the devil himself. It's like I don't know, sometimes if I'm talking to a police officer or maybe someone who was on a SWAT team, I'll say, were you ever shot at? You know, we like to talk to people who have seen cool things. Jesus did combat with the devil himself. He had so much experience that I think should interest us. Um, And he always had this quick answer for any question. People tried to stump him all day long. Um, And in Luke chapter 5, verse 31, people come to him and they say, why are you eating, or they say to his disciples, why are you eating with these tax collectors and sinners? And he he just says, it's not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. Or he heals a a paralytic, but first he says, your sins are forgiven. Uh, In Luke chapter 5, and the people around him say, it's blasphemous, you know, he, he can't be forgiving sins. And it says, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So Wagner kind of envisioned Jesus, you know, just looking over and, and saying, what he says is, um, do you think that I cannot forgive his sins? To, to paraphrase, he says, I'll show you that I have this power. And he tells him to get up and walk. And he gets up and picks up his mat and walk. And it's almost like you can just imagine, you know, all these Pharisees accusing Jesus of blasphemy. And then he just tells the guy to get up and walk. I mean, how embarrassing would that have been to them? Um, and he also liked talking about um, the passage on the next slide. It's Matthew chapter 22. All through this chapter, it's like a public debate type setting. The Pharisees get together and it says in verse 15 that they laid plans to trap him in his words. And so they come up and they make this question about the government and paying taxes and they they want someone to be mad at Jesus when this question is answered. And you can go read the chapter yourself sometimes and try to see it through the eyes of someone who's never read it before. But when he answers them, they're amazed and they just have to leave and walk away. So now the Sadducees come up and they give him their hardest question, starting in verse 23. And after he answers answers them, they're astonished at his teaching and they have nothing more to say. So now the Pharisees come back again with an expert in the law. They give him their best question. In verse 46, after he responds, it says, no one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. I think Jesus is a cool guy because he had teams of lawyers, of these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, trying to stump him in public and they couldn't do it he always had an answer ready 
So it just reminded me when I read the Bible through Wagner's eyes that Jesus is a really interesting guy and that just reading through the Gospels can make us fall in love with Jesus again. It can make us appreciate him for his personality. So number three, God's work is rewarding. You'll see in this picture, uh, this was taken just after Miguel was baptized. Um, You may have heard this announced last week uh, on Sunday morning. Miguel has been studying with Nick for a long time, over 60 hours, and going through so many different questions, wanting to make sure he understood everything correctly, counting the cost. Um, He had to quit living with his girlfriend, and he had to start making some serious changes in his life and in his family life in order to make this decision to put on Christ in baptism. And I was so happy and excited for him because here's a man who counted the cost and decided it was worth it and decided to be baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins. And there was such an atmosphere of celebration surrounding this decision because it's something you can point to and say, we came here and this is something we can show for it. We came here and this is a difference that has been made. That's such an exciting feeling. And for me, Brazil kind of woke me up to that feeling that I hadn't experienced in a while. The feeling of wanting to do something tangible, of wanting to to do something serious for God. And it made me feel excited. I mean, so often, maybe our, our lives grow dull and maybe our Christianity grows dull because we're not doing anything full of action. We're not doing anything that requires us to get out of our comfort zone or that requires large investments of time and money. So it got me excited in that way. And it made me think of John chapter 14. Um, This is one of my favorite passages. Uh, In verse 21, Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Did you catch that? Jesus says, if you have my commandments and keep them, I will disclose myself to you. You will see me. It's an exciting thing that happens when we take steps to keep his commandments in definite, obvious ways. And you know what it is that God is asking you to do, and I know what it is he's asking me to do, but all of us have something that we can do, that we can get excited about, that we can be rewarded for. And if it wasn't clear enough in verse 22, one of the apostles says, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? How do you decide who you disclose yourself to? And verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. I'm a believer that when we get serious about keeping his commandments, when we go and search for ways that we can change or for things that we can do that will be rewarded, that will find ourselves getting excited. That's number three. God, God's work is rewarding. Now number four. God has given each of us different talents. Um, You'll you'll see here a picture of some of the food and decorations that we had at our July 4th party. And there's an action shot of Nick um, keeping one of our parties alive. And our parties went great. They 
made so many connections between readers with the Fowlers. So many friends came who then joined the Let's Start Talking program and read with me uh, or with my friend Dakota who, who came down a couple weeks later. And it was just a great atmosphere full of people who are here and that know that, um, that we're Christ-centered people and that we want them to be also. I remember when we had our first party. At that point, we still expected me to be the one who gets everyone excited because I came down with Let's Start Talking. If you know me very well, you know I'm not exactly a party animal. <laughs> so everyone comes and they're just sort of sitting around looking at each other. This was the first one. And I did a terrible job. I was just like, hey guys, thanks for coming. We've got some food. And so eat. And they all just kind of looked at me. And Nick was like, you need help, man. So I'm telling you, he got these people excited. And he got the crowd going. And we had a great time. And everyone left that night asking, when are we going to have another party? Can we invite friends? I love this group. We had Netu, I told you about him. He said, my job is so stressful. And when I come here, I feel at home. I feel at home in this group. And we had more and more people saying that as time went on. But if it was just me, that never would have happened. And so it made me realize we work together as a team. Um, some of us are intellectuals. Some of us are people persons. Some of us work behind the scenes where no one even sees us. But everyone has something important that they can do. Everyone has different talents. Uh, and in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, we read, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, we're encouraged to do so with all of our energy, to do the best we can to use our abilities. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And I know all of us have the ability to do something. Maybe we have the ability to encourage others. Maybe we have the ability to entertain others at our house. Um, maybe we're good at having intellectual discussions with someone who wants to dig deeper into what their faith is like. Or maybe we're just good at being someone's friend and inviting them to come to church. You know what your talents are. Number five, the Lord's church is special. Uh, I told you about Netu and about Wagner. And I'm also really excited about Gabriella. Uh, at first, when she was coming to the Let's Start Talking sessions, um, she seemed like any other student. But I could tell she was an intellectual. This woman is smart. Um, she's a psychologist, and she works with autistic children doing research. And she was asking me these deep questions, or these questions where she was probing me for, really, why do you believe what you believe? And asking me about Greek words, I could tell she had done some serious research. And it turned out that she had been in the Baptist church and she left because she, she didn't agree with some of their doctrinal stances. And she's just been looking for a church. And she's looking for people who go back to the word of God. 
And she's looking for people that have good, solid reasons and, and a good foundation for everything that they believe and that give the word so much respect. And when I was able to preach uh, at the church that, that Nick hosts on Sunday morning, uh, we invited her to come. And from that time, she has come every Sunday and she's still going now. And it's amazing to see her interacting um, with the members, the two members that are there, Joanna and Miguel, are people who can interact with her, and especially Joanna. She's such an encouragement to me. Um, she always attends, she always gets there early to church, and she knows her Bible so well because she's learned it from Nick. She's been through all these courses with him, and she shares her testimony, and, and she and Nick and Amy would be interacting with Gabriella and they would be asking these difficult questions. They would be talking about doctrinal matters. Um, and it was just awesome to see her get plugged into that church and to see her grow closer and closer to the members who are there. And I don't know, but I, I have high hopes for Gabriella as well. I think she may become a member there. I think she is attracted to a church that takes the word of God seriously. And I think that idea is going to be popular with people my age as they continue to age. I mean, we're a generation that has just lost any foundation. Um, it's whatever I feel, whatever I want to believe. You can't tell me I'm wrong. And we're starting to get to the point where we want a little bit more foundation because if no one can tell anybody that anything is wrong, we've got no room for improvement. We don't know what to do with ourselves. And I think this idea is going to become more and more attractive to people in the world again that says, we have a foundation. We have something that we go by. We want to be firm on this. We want to go back to the word every time and respect it and spend our Sundays and spend our days during the week reading it. I think that's attractive to the world more as time goes on. And I think the Lord's Church has so much potential. Like I said, if one in 1,000 of the people of that city are like Netu, there's 2,000 like him. There's 2,000 like Wagner. There's 2,000 like Gabriella who are ready to join a church like this today, who are ready to start meeting and discussing and wanting truth and wanting to think seriously about what the Bible says. We just have to go and find these people. We have to go and give them what they want. I know there's so many people who are out there waiting for us. Not everyone who has Jesus, or not everyone who wants Jesus has him. But when they're introduced to him, they'll see that he has a captivating personality. And the work of, of introducing these people to him will be a rewarding experience. And we can use our different abilities to do this work. And we bring them to the Lord's Church, which is a special institution which stands out from all others. Now, tonight, if you've not been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, you're seeing this lesson from a different perspective than those who have. Because you're hearing us talk about spreading this great news, but it's news that you haven't taken advantage of. And, and you're hearing us talking about using our abilities in the, in the Lord's church, but you haven't become a member of his body yet. So I want to encourage you, if you've heard what Jesus asks of you, and if you've heard what he has to teach, if you've been exposed to the Bible,
And if you believe it, and if you've repented of your sins, and if you're ready to confess his name before men and be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, then we'd like to help you with that tonight. Also, if we can pray for anyone here for any reason, I know we want to pray for you and we want to come up and to encourage you and to, to give you what a family is supposed to give, the support that you would like. So if we can help